What's poppin' world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to finally get to the last two episodes of The Last of Us, the HBO Max slash Max <laughs> original series based off the Naughty Dog Games series. And um, episode eight, let's see here. I want to get the credits correctly here. Uh, let's see, it is directed, okay, cool, uh, directed by Ali Abbasi and written by Craig Mazin. My God, all right, so let me look at the synopsis on Wikipedia to just break it down and then really get into it. Ellie leaves Joel, who is still recovering from the hunt for food. After shooting a deer, she tracks the wounded animal and encounters a preacher named David and his fellow hunter, James. She trades her deer for penicillin. David reveals the man who stabbed Joel was a member of his group. Ellie leaves to treat Joel. The next day, she discovered David and his men have followed her to seek vengeance on Joel. So that's the beginning of the episode. And what I wrote down was, the preacher is reading a verse. We are in need. We shall provide this written on a banner in the background. And this deadass is giving me straight up Far Cry 5 vibes with like the cult-like uh, preacher. And also historically... You know, Jim Jones and historically Manson. Like, we've seen many of these uh, these uh, snake oil salesmen trying to use religion. Actually, it's a big trope in Hollywood movies in general, if you think about it. It happens to a lot of occurrences in a book like Eli and uh, Waterworld. I mean, listen, you can name all the movies where there's some sort of, like, preacher-like cult leader who, in the post-apocalyptic world, where, I guess, organized religion is no longer a thing, people still want a sense of community and of... Uh, <laughs> of normalcy and this is it but they seek it so much that they blindly follow these people who are ill intent but they don't seem at first they always come off as normal people to really get deep dive into what they're doing so we get a vibe off him and he a girl is crying in the i guess you can say in the uh not the auditorium in the a girl is crying in this church meetup i guess it's not even a real like per se uh, sermon or anything like that or service but she's crying asking the preacher when they're going to bury her father because he recently just passed and it's she, he tells her it's deep in the winter where it's heavy snow and hard to dig holes so you have to wait till spring to bury his body but he promises he'll do it in springtime uh, the preacher asks about how much meat is left to the I guess butcher in the ration kitchen and there's a week's worth maybe two weeks tops of deer meat it's been rough for this town. They're in need of deer meat to survive. This is like polar opposite of the previous establishment, which has a huge fortress with a, I guess you can say a shopping center and a local theater. Like you can see the contrast here, just miles apart from each other. And these people are in an abandoned ghost town, but they're still a town. Ergo, like they don't function the same. I mean, everyone's not a hunter. Everyone's not, there's a lot of elderly and a lot of young people in here and it's the very few adult men who are able to go out and scavenge food and do whatever they can to get their feed their people. Uh, so the preacher asks about this, uh, about the, the meat, and he's he's uh, getting nervous. He's like he's telling James, "Hey, we have to send guys out now to find a deer if we're going to make it through the winter." So it's been rough for this town. They're in need of deer meat, stat, and if they're ever to make it through the cold winter. So Joel's wound seems to be healing well uh slowly after uh, ellie stitches it up but he still she still needs penicillin and she has to go and find some sort of pharmaceuticals to like for infections right so ellie goes out hunting for a deer as well because you know food and takes one out 
but where it lands, it's literally in front of the preacher and his associate James. So David and James are there. They they meet up in the road, and she holds him up at like I guess gunpoint, <laughs> and she is there to tell them like, hey, move away. This deer's for us. But their need, their town needs the meat as much as she and Joel do, and they're trying to barter. So she sends James in, or asks David to send James in to grab medicine for Joel, and they do a trade. So the group are originally from Pittsburgh. They ended up flocking to Colorado over time, and this is where her and uh. And, and David speak like normal people. Like he used to be a school teacher. Like he used to teach math and history and stuff. And then he became a religious preacher after the outbreak. So previous outbreak, he wasn't even religious, which is always a scary red flag. Like okay, this guy is teaching religion after the world ended, meaning he can warp it to his way instead of following how it's supposed to be. Because you could never know how these ideologists are like bending you've seen it happening in today's world let's be honest it happens all over the world where people take religions abuse it and get laws passed and stuff passed that that, that really doesn't help benefit the people but the benefactors that other who control the people right control is key to survival especially if you have a big group like this who you don't want turning on you so the pittsburgh firefly qa was taken down by fedra so he started a group and they all refugeed all the way out west where they landed here in the wyoming colorado area so the preacher tells James the four members were sent to scavenge for food and three came back, one died. And well, the preacher tells about this to James and, and it happens to be Joel's the guy that murdered him. So the guy who got murdered, his name is Alec. Here's where this soul ties in together. It's a coincidence Alec, who was the fourth scavenger who was killed to take out by Joel, happens to be the little girl's father. So like, okay, so now we see why this is all tied in so david tells james to throw ellie the medicine as ellie requested and leave her be and david asks her to stay with his group one last time instead of being out there in the wilderness on her own because she doesn't believe she'll survive little does he know she's savage and she will survive um and she goes off and james is confused like why do you let her go he's like doofus we're gonna go out there in the middle of the night wait till daytime there's gonna be fresh footprints we can find her easily in the snow following her footsteps I'm like oh okay yeah like why go out now when we can go get a proper night's sleep get a proper meal in our stomachs right and that way we're able to refresh in early morning head over there with the whole group not just us too so alex's daughter wants her and joel dead she wants vengeance david smacks the shit out of the little girl for it and tells her never do that again and she and she makes a weird comment like Tells her you always have a father. I don't know if that means that he's their dad now, like ergo, like her father figure, or father as in like father in heaven, like you're not alone. You have your family, you have your people. Okay, so David isn't a leader as much as he's a dictator. Like I told you, right? He's just showing his colors little by little because that's exactly how these characters are portrayed in a bunch of shows. It's just an easy trope to just make somebody a brainwashing psychopath. It's not that hard. To, especially in a world where everything is run amok and these people literally owe them their hurt they owe them his their oh him sorry owe him their lives because if they were in a federal who knows what they were thinking encampments or what they would have been doing so as she's about to escape james shoots and kills her horse and lands rough this is after they're found out in the morning joel is barely able to stand up and granted ellie is found because just like david said they follow her footsteps and they got to the town that they stayed in where like i guess you can call it a neighborhood where she just randomly got the house to stay for cover the previous night so 
Now, one cool Easter egg I like that pointed out right away is the guy that plays James, he's Troy Baker, the actor who voices Joel in the last episode of games. So I like the fact they actually had the character, uh, or the actor in the series, even if it's a different character. So that was a pretty cool touch there uh, for the gaming nerds who watch the show. So the group are out to get her and Joel, and she gives Joel her lucky knife and rides off on the horse, but sadly the horse gets shot and killed. So she's taken in and pretty much concussed. So she's about to be escaped with James shooting take her down. Yeah, I already read that. So James is about to kill Ellie with all the colleagues because they're like, we don't need more people in our group. It's hard enough the people we have just kill her. But David made a very known, do not kill her, I need her. So he stops James from pulling the trigger on her and they take her in this prisoner. So David takes two guys with him and tells the rest staying there and try to find Joel in one of these houses because they don't know which house it was because Ellie distracted them and early enough that they didn't get to look at the neighborhood. She was already in the street with the horse. Um, so they knock door to door, essentially trying to find Joel here. So one of the men finds Joel and they, he fucked around and found out because Joel was like, even though he was sick, he's like, all right, time to whoop some ass. And he takes these guys and chokes them out. And, you know, the China cabinet gets moved and Joel automatically is in survivor mode. Like his adrenaline kicks in or whatever you want to call it. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to die like this. Gets up and the sick Joel takes out all these men. So he, he's literally fighting for his life on multiple ends. So David is trying to talk to Ellie about a new beginning. He's trying to brainwash her and get her to be like his understudy, his essentially his protege. Because once he's older, so once he's gone, he needs a proper leader for the group and she fits the bill because she doesn't have anyone young enough that he could like educate and train and groom to become like him once he's too old to lead and she'd be perfect because she has natural instincts and leadership skills and she's not scared of anything and it just ellie's just a badass and he sees that in her of course this guy's a teacher so he's able to notice things about people like you have potential to become great but not for the right reasons because he's obviously deranged maniac here so it gets weird because one of the men finds joel's joel's house i tell you about this is still happening so he keeps saying she won't survive alone and joel's pretty much a goner pretty much she he keeps negging putting this negative stuff in her mind so she can i guess like a her like a horse lose her will her will to live whatever and just be like all right fine i turn you but no so joel takes out the guys interrogates them then kills them right away and he gives no fucks, no pity at all. So the people of Silver Lake, Colorado here are cannibals. And this is something that Ellie found out because she just put two and two together. Like, there's no way you're able to feed this whole town with one deer. And you, he's like, there's things that she knows about him. And um, they don't, the people don't expect to know this. Like, they're not aware they're eating human meat, which is a shocker, right? So David, out of survival, tells Ellie the truth because he wants her groomer to be the next him, right? So he's like, fine, yes, I'm doing that, but we have no other choice. It's, you know, survival of the fittest, fit, uh, you know, uh, fight or be killed. So he goes to the garage, finds, Joel goes into the garage, finds out the hard way, and sees human bodies hanging like cows in a, in a damn meat locker, like in Rocky. And so it's just like, whoa, what a sight to see. So David and James grab Ellie to butcher her because she refuses to join. So obviously... She's useless to them, so at least she can at least work, uh, be useful as food. But she gets free and grabs a cleaver that they're going to use on her. They were literally going to, like, chop her up on a table. They didn't even bother to sedate her. That's the funny part. They were literally just like, all right, we're going to have to kill you now. Like, you think you would sedate somebody before you kill them up? Because, again, survival instincts can kick in, and that's exactly what Ellie did. She grabbed a cleaver, destroyed James's neck, 
and ran out, and David follows her. So she runs into a bar, breaks down, and closes, uh, um, breaks in, not breaks down, and closes the door, and Ellie tosses a torch, setting the damn place on fire. I'm like, oh, I remember this scene from the video game. Even though I haven't played the game in God knows almost a decade, I vividly remember this scene because it's one of the big, impactful, climactic scenes in the whole series. And it captured it beautifully without over, you know, over dramatically doing it. And I think in the game it was like early evening, but in here it was still daylight, right? So I thought that was a good creative choice and like, yeah, there's uh, fire happening, but this is happening in like probably the middle of the day, not at night. Or in the game, you go through so much trouble as Ellie to just try to sneak around. But, you know, again, game, you're doing uh, tasks to get to certain points. Here, they're going, they're bypassing all that shit and just getting to the story because that's what shows are, story-driven. They're not so much about the action. Action is great here and here there to, like, motivate the intention, but there's only so much you can do unless, you, like, you're making up a straight-up action show. And with this, it felt like the hours of gameplay that you play between each episode, if you play the game, you kind of just insert points in there. Like, oh, they didn't bother to include the bloater. Oh, they did a bloater episode once. So they don't want to include a bloater in another episode. And yada, yada. And they just keep, it kind of just goes into the bullet points of the actual story and sticks with it. And I think that's a great creative choice. Like, don't make the show longer than it has to be. You're just adding a lot of filler for a good story to be told. And this show so far has been near perfect. And, it's because they took the liberties of like, we don't have to show everything that Ellie and Joel do. We get the point. They're getting to this town, to the next town, and we show a certain m amount of scenarios. So Joel treks down the storm and finds his way to town and finds the weird bo dead bodies in the, in the garage. So he knows what he's dealing with. So David and James try to butcher Ellie. It doesn't happen. She runs into the bar and freaks out. But in the end, she does end up killing David, and Joel finds her after she escapes, and she freaks out thinking that somebody else grabbed her. But once she like gets out of that shock and notices Joel, she like starts you know breaking out in tears and crying like, "Oh my God, thank God I never show." So there's that. So that was episode eight. My God, one of the best episodes of the series. And again, I'm leaving a lot of it out. I'm just pointing out little things here and there. Watch it. It's such a worth. Like this one felt like a movie on its own. So. That episode was titled We Are In Need, which is the premise of the the people in Silver Lake, the sign, the postage. Ninth episode here, titled Look for the Light. Ali Abbasi, again, directs it. Craig Mazin and Neil Drunkman, Drunkman the creator of the, show, of, the, of the game and show, are co-directing the finale, right? So, here we go. So, in the flashbacks of Ellie's mother, Anna, she's bitten by infected and she's about to give birth, or actually as she gives birth to Ellie. So she is found by Marlene, who hesitates to take Ellie and kills Anna at her request. But she knows that she's a goner, but she wants to make sure her daughter survives. So here are the notes I took. Um, a pregnant woman is running through the woods, and she can hear screams of, uh, uh, it seems like an infected or a clicker in the, in the distance. And even though she's like nine months pregnant, she runs like hell for survival into a... a she manages to run through the woods into an abandoned house in the middle of like a farm, it seems. And she gives birth to a little, a little too late and then realizes she was bit in the end as she's taking out this infected human with a knife. She had the same knife that Ellie has. So obviously we put two together. This is the story of how Ellie was, or I guess, infected via her mom and how she has the knife. It's a sentimental heirloom of hers of her mother's. So... Anna, Ellie's mom, asks her friend Marlene to save, who is the same Marlene from the, from the Fireflies, to save Ellie and kill her before she turns into an infected, because God forbid she wants that. She doesn't want that fate. 
So modern day now, Ellie and Joe are walking on the highway to the destination. It seems like it's springtime, so time has passed, and it's now sunny and fair weather, but Ellie just is off. She's quiet today, and Joel understands because of what traumatic things she just went through. Like, she was about to get literally chopped up in the bits and become soup. And um, that was not a fate anyone would just, like, brush off. But she shakes it off. And they walk to the destination. It looks like it's springtime and sunny and fair weather. I already said that, sorry. Uh, Ellie is quiet. Joel understands, but he wants her to focus and get her mind off of things. So Ellie sees something and runs up to the building because they enter this abandoned building and she gets excited. But So, like, she's not nervous, but Joel was, Joel's nervous. Like, why are you running off and not leaving here? Because like, he was... Help, he wanted, he gave her a boost to go upstairs, but she was supposed to drop down the ladder. She did, but she like drops it carelessly, almost hits Joel, and runs up. And Joel she's after her. And this is the scene where the or the gamer show where they see a giraffe in real life, and and she feeds it because Joel said, "Don't worry, these things aren't dangerous." So she's grateful to Joel that she that she knows that he can feed the animal; it's not dangerous. But she's like, "Oh, this is like really cool," and they get a beautiful view of the like, a valley here where like. A lot of animals are just roaming, and it feels like it's somewhere foreign, like a whole different world, or like a you know heaven on earth kind of thing. So uh, they go through tunnels after having this beautiful scene. Imagine they went through some chaos in the last episode, and then we start off with a slow build in this one. And the tunnel is a huge part of the game, where like we see a lot of infected clickers, bloaters, the whole works. But they, again, you don't need that in the show. It's just a matter of getting through and just getting to the main points. So they go through the tunnels, end up in the city army base, I guess you can say. Uh, the army put up an emergency medical camps prior to Fedra being a thing. So it's just like pre, you know, the world ending. And Joel was the guy who shot and missed because with Sarah dead, he didn't have much will to live at the time. So he, he's telling a story of like how he messed up and and he was pretty much out of, of uh, service. Let me just service out of the Fedra because he was a... He was out of the field of like combat because he couldn't shake off what he'd lost, right? He just lost his will. Literally lost his will. So we get a sneak attack as Ellie and Joel like trying to have jokes and like he wanted to hear some of her lame like dad jokes, whatever she gets from her books, and they get flashbanged and Joel wakes up in a of course he got butted with a rifle. So Joel wakes up in a firefly hospital and he's fine because he's on the fireflies dying like he's working for them so he's like they had they didn't have to like do this to me like they knew who I was but Ellie is being prepped for cordyceps surgery because she might not make it sadly um Joel hears this and like now he understands why they flashbanged him and attacked him like with concussion grenades because they knew that he would grow an attachment after the journey him and Ellie went through, like a father and daughter. And like in the previous episode, they had a moment where like he's like treating her like his daughter after a whole season of ignoring Ellie, right? So they finally get this bond and, and Marlene understands that it's hard for him to let go because she, if they do the surgery, they can cure, they have the cure for, or the formula for the infected and everyone can go back to normal. You know, we can get back to a regular civilized world and, and build again from scratch. And it, it could be the end of this. But at the cost of Ellie's life, right? It's that serious. Like, oh, damn. Like, it's Ellie's life versus the rest of the world. In, in the game, if you, your players play Joel, you go through this crazy sequence where he goes through and kills the hospital. But they don't show that right away. He kind of is escorted out. I'm like, oh, I guess you're kind of like saving this for later. No, no, no. It's happening right now. Because you don't know how far into the episode it is. You're pausing it, right? So... 
Joel's being escorted uh, outside of the highway, and he completed his mission. He's done. So he fights back and chases after Ellie. Literally, single-handedly takes out everybody. And not, mind you, isn't this isn't just staffers in a hospital. These are also militarized, you know, I guess you can say guerrillas, right? So he takes them all out one by one and it's a crazy action sequence. So the first half of the episode is all build up and all calm. And then this is where shit hits the fan where he's going to try to save Ellie's life. So he goes on a killing spree to get to the surgery room. As he gets to the doctor, refuses to get away, he kills the doctor, but the nurses who are helping surgery, prepping, are like, oh, we're done with this, we're leaving. So he lets them live. He gets there, kills the surgeon, takes Ellie with him, and then Marlene meets up with Joel in the parking garage and is trying to convince him one last time. We, it's not too late. We can still do this, but Joel kills Marlene when she least expects it, and he's off. He gives a fake elaborate story to Ellie, and, uh, and takes her home and a you know, car breaks down and now they have like a hike five hours worth of trails but it's fine it's whatever a normal trail in the woods they're not going to see any infected or any it's going to be a peaceful path home but Ellie has a weird feeling she can't shake and feels like something is off so back in Kansas City Joel asked Ellie's uh, about Ellie's first kill and it was Riley her friend because we got that whole episode where they were like both turning and Ellie asked Joel to swear to her that he everything's everything he said is true and he's not making up a story about the fireflies because this seems like she just has that what I guess woman's intuition like she has that feeling like something's not right. And this is the end of the first game where essentially Joel covers for himself because he doesn't want to turn over Ellie because again she would have been dead. She would have had no future. She would have been a heroic act in the science world for trying to get this tissue inside of her brain in order to reverse the effects of the infection so that being said it was a loaded episode <laughs> i just ran through it as fast as i could but my god these last two episodes had so much weight to it and literally felt like the games like in cinematic form and i loved it i really did and i gotta say that it feels great that like by the end of the season it's at one million views when the first episode was half a million viewers, the curiosity and the storytelling was good and compelling and gradually got people hooked and everyone started watching and really got enjoyed to it. Uh, outside of like episode five, which got the lowest rating I've seen here, but or even episode six, my God, they went through a rough patch. It just started picking up like crazy. Oh no, those aren't, those, I'm sorry, I'm reading the ratings wrong. Those are, oh, those are millions. Okay, never mind. Wow, they had a rough patch midway, but those were kind of the slower episodes anyway, so it didn't feel, I, I get why, but this has been one of the better shows I've reviewed the last three years I've been doing this podcast stuff, right? Like, it's been one of the very um, well-written, not overly long, straight-to-the-point series. And I appreciate that they understand that we, the people, have not just lives. Like, you can't just sit there and watch 22 uh, episodes like a CW show or something. But the fact that, like, you're getting to the point, no filler and everything counts. Yes, there's action, there's drama, and there's com there's elements of everything in this show. But it's so well balanced. You're not asking, oh, I wish there was more action. This no, it's not just an action show for that. You're watching the wrong type of zombie show. It's not just drama either. It's not like prolonged episodes of nothing that's like The Walking Dead, where you get to something like compelling. Like they give you enough in each episode to keep you interested. So you're not falling asleep while watching. And I gotta say, this entire series is a five-star review for me. Like, I just love everything about it. And I'm glad that the creators of the game are actually the ones helping write the scripts. It's not just like, like 
not just like handed over like they're actually integral parts and also some of the voiceover actors are in cast like that was very like respectful to the source material like you guys brought the games to life because they've been rehashed for ps3 ps4 ps5 like you know what i'm saying like this series is important now comes with the negative for me the only one thing i'm gonna and it's not even a bad thing the one negative i have is I still haven't played through the second game. <laughs> and I know for a fact season two is going to be based on the second game. So I have a mission ahead of me by next, God knows what, spring or fall, whenever the next Last of Us show comes out, or next season, I should say, to beat the game so I can compare it to the show because I'm not going to have that same context unless I finally beat that game. And I have so many games in my queue right now, but I'm definitely going to bump it up forward because it is deserving of a playthrough. And I love those games like they, the survival games of they, they play well very well and very entertaining but they're not based on just you know random gun shooting it's really like traits you're like you're out in the middle of nowhere you got to ration your bullets you got to ration everything like they really give these survival elements this is what makes the last of us one of the best games of the last decade so with that being said uh thank y'all for tuning in i'm sorry if i speed run for the least two episodes but i had to for the sake of time because i'm not trying to take up people's time explaining what i enjoyed or didn't i if, if i wanted to give you a damn synopsis the entire episode again just watch the show it's so well worth watching but thank you all for tuning in until next time we'll always be here for another podcast mercenary show review i'm the podcast mercenary the puerto rican kaiju the puerto rican powerhouse himself the mike for hire christian joel ramos Till next time take care and see y'all later all right i'm out